Fans, welcome to the Greg Medford Show. Your host, Greg, Phoenix, Arizona, coming at you. We've got another candidate uh, running for national office here in Arizona with us today. We're going to talk about energy. We're going to talk about the border. We're going to talk about policy at the national level and how we can nudge that from one of our two senatorial positions here in Arizona. We're going to talk a little bit about the election. For those of you who are sitting out there in, polit- uh, you know, in the rest of America, if you're in a state that is locked up with Democrats, let's say you're in California and you're a knife guy watching the show. Let's say you're in New York and you're watching the show. Let's say you're someplace that's just a slam dunk, lefty, dirty, rotten, commie uh, part of the country and you just can't do anything about it and you feel like you're an American besieged and you wonder what country you grew up in. Great time to donate money to this race here in Arizona because this race this can swing and make a difference. You're not going to swing California to go Republican. It ain't going to happen. They've got it locked up. They've cheated. They put their thumb on the scale. They've got a bunch of marks that's running the place over there, and they're driving one of the golden states into the goddamn ground. It's unbelievable. But if you're stuck in California and you want your money to matter, this race here in Arizona is a big damn deal. we got a split Senate right now. we got that lunatic, Camel Toe Harris, running it up there uh, doing the, the uh, split decision vote. We hate her. She's a moron. Uh, and the other ones, he didn't even know where he is. So we got a moron and we got somebody who's in cognitive decline. And if you want your dollar to matter, Arizona place where it matters. So for those of you watching the show, it's like, oh, Greg talks local politics. All politics is local. And we're having these same discussions about school choice and energy and border and security and, and made in America all over this country. But if you want your dollar to matter, give you an example. Mark Kelly, nobody even knows the guy. He's got $27 million out-of-state money that's running here. He's ready to go on a campaign. Uh, the, nobody, we haven't heard the guy talk. Nobody knows what he's up to. We just know he's, uh, you know, the wife. He's the, he's the spouse of someone who was shot in a, in a firearms incident, and he's an astronaut. And maybe a lovely American, but, you know, I, I don't want him in charge here in Arizona. We are trying to get people in that are conservatives, and we need to break this 50-50 tie in the Senate, and we got a big chance coming up. So if you want your money to matter, watch today's show. Join us. Our guest is uh, Jim Lehman. Jim, nice to have you. Thanks for uh, stepping on the show. <laughs> you know the crowd, yeah, they're, they're just they're, they're an unruly bunch. All right, would you people calm down, please? They're also really compliant. I can, they all listen right at once. Well, uh, kind of like the shop floor out there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How you doing? Fantastic, brother. Great to see your operation out there. Made in America. Love the dog tag on the box shipment. Yeah. Warranted for life. Awesome. You keep it simple, right? People's yeah, like, well, hey, boss, what are we going to put in the warranty? I'm like, well, how about one sentence? Warranted for life. People are like, well, do we need to put any? I was like, no. How about just warranted for life? <laughs> so um, tell me, I want to find out a little bit about you. Um, we've had uh, several candidates in to talk to. I know you're running uh you know, you're running basically in the Republican primary. You're leading right now. I think you're maybe 32 points in the primary. Is that what your current polling is at approximately? Yeah, we was uh, about a month ago. We'd say probably day, probably 36. But you're right, leading uh, polls from, you know, 8 to 12, depending on which uh, version of it you want to use. And every day, rather, we go after Mark Kelly. I'm not spending a dollar beating up on Republicans. Yeah. That's my job to be the best candidate. But spend that money and any contributor's money goes 100%. Ads, mailers against that guy that we have got to get out of the U.S. Senate. You know, I look at the field of folks that are running, and I see kind of where you're at. I see you came in with a, with a kind of self-funded loan to really crank up. You showed up with some money and put your uh, money where your mouth is. You know, he's got $27 bucks. I looked at the current thing. I, it said somewhere you got about $8.5 bucks in your work chest, something like that, some order of magnitude, probably similar. Um, what, do you, what do you do to... I mean, it can't be just a pure money uh, thing. I think Mark Kelly's marketing that he's doing, it doesn't resonate well. I think it's, he's saying these Democrat talking points, like the DNC is sending him like a little script for his little commercials. And uh, there's some sort of cognitive dissonance going on. It doesn't reside, it doesn't rest well with me. So talk to me about your message. I know you 
<laughs> you've had a couple of uh, ads that came out of the gate a little uh, <laughs> a little bumpy and raised eyebrows. Talk to me a little bit about kind of what your plan is. Yeah, Greg, uh, I'm the pro-American, not just American first, right? That's the reason I'm running this race. Been uh, building companies all my life in the power industry, uh, engineering, construction, big coal, big gas, and last, uh, most lately, uh, solar. And I see an America that has been sold out by the politicians, by corporate America, just as you do out here on the floor. You know, made in America is where your head's at. And that's the same way with me and my business, because I want to have an America that is, in fact, for our kids and grandkids, that we're going to leave it to them uh, and at least have the opportunity for the American dream. So this campaign is all about that. Mark Kelly ran as a moderate. He was a bald-faced liar. In saying that, he's voted 100% with whatever Schumer George Soros tell him to do. Yeah, It is not compatible with Arizona. Every time he puts out an ad saying something like, oh, I support the border patrol, we immediately in 48 hours are up taking his version of that. And Brandon Judd, for example, who's endorsed our campaign, who is the uh, union president of the 21,000 members of the Border Patrol who loathe him. Their hands are tied, so we immediately will go up on air to show the contrast of the truth and the liar. I've never seen such bold-faced, lying, manipulating, conjuring sons of bitches. It gets me mad. Peppermint Patty get up there. She was asked yesterday or today at the White House. I call her Peppermint Patty. It's the nicest thing I could say. And uh, they were asked about, uh, oh, we've had seven, uh, 700,000 runaways, that folks who were pursued and got away from the Border Patrol. The number that was actually apprehended by the patrol and the ratio of actual terrorist watch lists, I think they said just under two dozen. And then they talk about, okay, if we apprehended 220,000 and there were 23 or 22, the other 700,000 we know ran away. We just through some interpolation, there's a whole bunch more terrorist watch list people that have slipped into the country, right? Greg, this has gone way beyond any quote, humanitarian effort. Right? This is an invasion of the sovereignty of our country. I've been called by the Border Patrol to come down. Jim, you can't believe it. you got to come see it for yourself. We go down there. I've been probably a dozen times. Be it Yuma, Sector, Nogales, uh, Tucson. You go down and see, uh, it's Russia Day. And literally guys coming in uh, that are military-age males, strike, sharp, you know, close-cut haircuts. They're coming in. They're not coming here just for the welfare. These guys are coming here to do bad things. Uh, it's, it's unconscionable that somebody like Mark Kelly not only doesn't stand up in the Senate and stop it because it's the American thing to do, but then lies that he actually supports the Border Patrol. It's just gone, Greg, beyond belief, and we have got a lot, a lot of work to do starting in January 23 to get this damn country back. You know, um, I have some interesting takeaways watching the country these years. <laughs> and if you listen to politicians, and if you listen to the body politic and the intelligentsia, you hear this... You know, you can't turn a aircraft carrier around on a dime. And it's a line of bullshit. We saw Trump come in, no matter what anybody thinks of him, no matter his incendiary language or if they thought he was inflammatory, if they thought he was crude or whatever, I don't care about any of that. You saw a guy really just kind of start flipping the switches on go, and the whole country got up and ran. I mean, it's it should be the lesson of the ages. If you're a politician and you, like, hate his guts, you should go, okay, we hate his guts, but oh, look what we can do if we just do five things, the whole country just turns on. As I tell the uh, great folks of Arizona, and by the way, we're around the state 1,200 miles plus, Greg, every week for the last 11 months, brother. We have gotten out there and seen all the folks every corner of this beautiful state. As I tell them, if you like the voice of Trump in the White House talking for the American people, if you like the voice of Ron DeSantis in Florida standing up for the people of Florida, you're going to absolutely love layman on the Senate floor because I am going there with a passion. Fortunately, Greg, I do not have to take PAC dollars and lobbyist dollars like the whole rest of the lot do. I'm going there based on the funds I put in because I love my country and those great folks in Arizona across the country who are giving us those amazing amounts of small donations. I can go there and be a force for America first, for the taxpayer, for the citizens of this country, not be holding whatsoever to all these outside forces. You know, <clears throat> excuse me, I really, I, you know, there's a, I grew up in the Eastern Establishment, so I went to school in Massachusetts and Pennsylvania and Connecticut, okay? 
And so I have heard the belly of the beast in their argument. And I, you know, my, my poli sci teacher was a, you know, Boston public, uh, uh, graduate and, you know, these all Eastern traditional educated, I have heard the left side of the argument really solidly. Most of them ha don't have much game anymore. Um, they've been drinking the Kool-Aid so long, they, they think that their red lips are natural and they forgot there's an argument to be made and they're not making the argument. And when you stop reasoning yourself to your position, then you, there's no one to talk to because it's just faith-based yeah. politics. Um, you know, one of the things I'm, I'm curious about, and, and, and a leftist, uh, let's talk to some moderates because right now we can really talk to moderates. Crazy lefties, we're not going to persuade them. They're not gonna, oh, great, an energy guy. Let's get him. Um, but we're, we can get some moderates in the middle. Um, I want to talk just a little bit about um, kind of your reason for doing this. Because the leftists would say the last thing we need is another multimillionaire ego project to come in and buy some spots. So they've got a gold star on the family tree for, you know, Senator Lehman. Talk to me a little bit about the driving force to do this. Um, because I think it's important. I think, you know, most people obviously aren't wealthy. And most people that aren't wealthy don't understand folks that are wealthy. A lot of them are not driven by wealth at all. Yeah. They're driven by some passion, and they ended up getting some praise for the passion. I'm curious about what your drive sure. is to jump in, because you made enough money, you don't need to do this. This is a pain in the ass. So talk to me. I, I try to tell people, I'm like, I'd rather be, a, uh, I'd rather have $500 million and be a senator any day of the week, because there's power and you can affect change. So talk to me about being a senator, like why you want to do it, because you got a real shot at it. Well, Greg, uh, humble beginnings, Alabama farm boy, uh, solved the American dream firsthand, right? Didn't have a lot uh, coming up except great parents, great country, and great God. Played a little football for Coach Bryant at Alabama, uh, two years outside linebacker. Then uh, RTC scholarship to go to college in four years uh, out was paratrooper, engineer officer in the military. Six years of that in the private industry. So, Greg, I've, I've from from ground up, you know, been able to work my way up to the top of companies, become president, grow those companies in a team atmosphere. I see that as something that must be kept alive if we're going to have an America. Mm -hmm. I was very blessed to have my first two grandkids uh, over the last year and a half. Congrats, thank you, brother. And when I look in their eyes, I it just knowing that as a CEO, you look over the horizon three to five years of what's uh, trends coming in. As a, as a CEO, looking at our country. I fear that our, we will not have a country, and so I had to step up. If there was someone else that could beat Mark Kelly, I'd be the first one in line to support him, give him good money, give him good backing, give him good support, but they can't. And so we must beat Mark Kelly. Well, there's only three competitive seats in the country, Nevada, Arizona, and Georgia, and I'm going to win this one in here in uh, Arizona for the people, not for the corporation, not for the lobbyists, but for the people who care about our country and want to see it succeed and have a very strong pushback against the Marxist left-wing agenda that is very in line with what Communist Chinese Party likes to see in their 100-year takeover of the world. Yeah. Well, it's clear <clears throat> something's happened where we have people who are comfortable to say out loud. They have the audacity to mock success out loud. I hear it, and I hear it in movies that i watch now like because they've got younger directors there's this anti-success rhetoric that's driving this it's not even class warfare now it's this bizarre marxist it's failed everywhere it touches it's managed there's there is nothing more of a failure than lead floating in water than, than marxism it's been proven everywhere it goes and touches it's awful at a humanitarian level, at an environmental level, at a just human productivity level. I mean, we only live so long, and the best cultures are the one that get the most vitality out of its citizens, and it crushes people, and that's what they're touting everywhere. Greg, I was uh, <clears throat> fortunate in building the company we did here in Arizona over the last nine years. Uh, we employed up to almost 2,000 great Americans. And, for example, we did things the right way. We give the first 10% of our net income away each year to those charitable philanthropic organizations around the country where we're building these power plants. We hired veterans first, 22% of our staff. Typical uh, general population, about 5% veterans. We're 
buy American first policy. We worked our tails incentivized. The bonus system of our team was to maximize American content in an industry that was typically at least 50% off the Communist Chinese Party. We got down to 5% and even invested $3 million to get it to zero. So those kind of things that we were looking at is what I believe is resonating greatly in Arizona because this is not a purple state. This is a red state. People love the American dream. They love freedom in a state. And I, for one, am standing up and drawing a line in the sand and saying this state is not going to go Marxist. We're Mark Kelly. You know, get your, you know, uh, get prepared, get packed in November. I'll pay for it. I'll pay for your one-way ticket back to Beijing so you can feel more at home. You know, it uh, pains me to see somebody who is a veteran, uh, served, was an astronaut, served their country. They get out, enter the private sector, and they go off the damn rails because it makes no sense to me. And I find it, uh, I, I find it just nasty that he's been hijacked. And honestly, it's embarrassing to have a veteran be hijacked the way he's let himself be hijacked. He can't possibly believe the stuff that he's espousing. He can't, he can't possibly believe that. Totally agree with you. Somewhere <clears throat> along the line, that guy took a hard left. I suspect it started out in the private equity contribution he got from China in his little balloon company that, you know, 50 or so people, I think, at one point he hired. He was over in China, you know, riding his Harley around. Just things that uh, right in the face of America who paid for him to go to all those uh, schools and learn how to be a pilot and things of that nature. And then to turn his back on the people of America and then lie to him, Greg. And say that, oh, even two weeks ago, I'm for border control. All of the border patrol guys have endorsed our campaign. Brandon Judd, all 21,000 members. Arizona Police Association have endorsed our campaign and sheriffs. They know he's lying, and they tell him to his face whenever they can get a chance to do so. And to, to be able to say that to the people of Arizona, it's just mockery. And we're smarter than that, and we're going to stand up and November and show him the, the way of the world of Arizona. Yeah, it's, it's crazy what's being said, and it's crazy to hear the White House. There's, they're just doubling down. We see the dumb happening, and it's funny uh, to hear conservatives. You know, they may not like him, but Trump had some barroom wisdom, and you hear him talk about bullies. You hear him talk about Russia being a bully. You hear him talk about Russia, Ukraine, and China, and Taiwan, and the connection, the interconnection of those four nations. And then you've got your weird kingdoms like Iran and North Korea. And, you know, love him or hate him, he had a definitely a schoolyard sense of how to handle them. And this group, you couldn't fail this much if you were, you'd have to be trying. They have a perfect failure record. Like, it, you think at some point they'd screw up and get something right. They have a perfect failure record. It defies the odds. I get a lot of agreement uh, here in Arizona Trail, uh, Greg, with it's when I say this is intentional. You cannot be that stupid to, and, and do this on your, you know, uh, in trying to do something right. Be it Afghanistan with the humiliation and the murder of 13 beautiful, wonderful service people. Leaving the southern border open. At the same time, the hypocrisy of a forced vaccine and mass mandates and things like that. And while the border's open with 2.3 million uh, coming through it. This inflation, shutting down American uh, pipelines and then pulling back on drilling and things like that. Oh, now we're opening it, but then they set the bar so high that you can't really do it. Those kind of things are absolutely intentional to bring this country down. Communist Chinese Party loves it. It's been going on in agencies like EPA, BLM, uh, Forest Service for years, yeah. slowing American yeah. progress when we need those mines, those minerals, those processes strategically uh, and for great jobs obviously but strategically china's proven itself to be one of those who will use any and every uh, physical or mental or any kind of weapon uh, that they have against uh, anybody as an adversary which they view us as it's time that we start viewing it that way ourselves and get real with what's happening in the world of bullies as you say and start standing up for america first and making sure the rest of the countries understand we're going to have a lethal military we're not going to import your crap anymore, or at least if, if it comes in, you've got to be tariffed to the same standard of what it cost us as American business 
to do those standards of environmental control, safety, and workplace rules. You can't just import your crap here and not have a penalty. Yeah, I talk about this all the time. You know, you, you pull Americans and everybody wants, and I, I'm going to say this, but I don't want it to come off with a pejorative tint. We we have a tendency, you know, we want a 40-hour work week, we want time and a half, we want workman's comp, we want clean air, clean water, clean this, clean that, fair rights, we want a National Labor Review Board, we want all of these things to protect workers' rights, we want all of these wonderful things. And then everybody goes to Walmart, and they go to Costco and they buy Chinese shit and they surround themselves with Chinese stuff, which is mostly subpar. And they have stepped up their game a bunch. Um, they've, you know, I, I get comments sometimes like, oh, nothing like a capitalist who's afraid of competition. And I'm like, I'm not afraid of competition at all. I embrace it. But Absolutely. let's make sure we're in the same football game. I don't want to be in a football game playing football and the guy's got a rifle in a bleacher shooting at me. Bingo. And that's what's going on here. The government is underwriting them, making stuff for almost free. They can make a knockoff of my product and ship it across the sea, the entire product and the shipping for less than the materials cost me. Yo, Peter, you read that? Uh, or Peter, <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable. Peter's new book, Red Handed, uh, <clears throat> tells a lot of that story about how Washington and the media and schools and academia sold out this country for exactly the reasons that you're saying and the communist chinese party embrace them they you know, invite them over there they cuddle them and they make them feel good and the american taxpayer and worker is bearing the brunt of that uh, over here things also strategically the craziness of here briefly an example uh, manganese the world's largest untapped deposit 14 miles outside of nogales they've been trying to permit it for like 15 years and under forest service land Meanwhile, we import 80% of the manganese, which, of course, as you know, is used in strengthening steel from battle tanks to structural yep. steel. Yep. The insanity of that. And I'm just, uh, my goal in the, in the Senate is to call BS, say, we're going to get back to America first, because those are the taxpayers that are paying for the keep, keep the lights on in D.C. and paying for this country to run. And by gosh, we got to get back to being true to them. We got to call these greenies out too on being liars because they're really what they are as Marxist, anti capitalist, anti American, anti humanists. Because back at the core of most of their arguments is oh, there's too many people on planet Earth. It's all a good thing. There's too many people. I've had my friends when they, you know, like my, my I got some, I still have some lib friends. You got to have some lib friends. And they go, they're like, they won't even have an argument with me because they're like, yeah, I, I haven't, I, I can't talk about peak, Hubert's peak oil with you. I, I, I can't talk about, consumption of energy i can't talk about entropy and there's like oh i'm not gonna have that argument but there's too many people in the world and i go that that's not an argument for destroying our country yep. and and it's not even true so i wanted to cover some topics with you today a little little lay of the land let's talk um immigration i uh I, you've been down to the border um Obviously, I've lived here my whole life other than military and college and some time schooling away um us being next to Mexico, a former, a former piece of Mexico, uh, we've always had a very comfortable rela relationship with Mexico and Arizona and Hispanics and Absolutely. food, and, you know, and everybody's. We all have Mexican relatives at this point. If you've been here for a generation or two, we're not racist down here at all. We right. get branded. We get branded that way by a lot of, especially California. Like, oh, we're not going to Arizona anymore for any government travel. But we got to pay the price. It's expensive having an open border where people are traipsing through here, and they bring a lot of problems with them. You know, Greg, in my company, I said earlier, I sold it uh, last year and built it in Arizona over nine years. It was uh, with, uh, it looked just like America, 30 plus percent Latino Americans out of the uh, 2000. And they see it, uh, I talk to them all the time. We're all the same as Americans. And yep. looking at this, it's politicians who want to try to drive some other agenda. If we look at, uh, as Brandon Judd on, uh, said earlier, endorsed uh, along with the Border Patrol, as he said, in last fiscal year, 137 nations have come through the border, and there's only 159 in total. This is not about humanitarian. This is about an invasion to, for government control of this country to be able to destroy what we are today in terms of a republic and be able to just do whatever they think they can get away with. And it's absolutely nothing to do with racism. It is about sovereignty of our country. And those brave men and women, you and I both have served, is we owe it to those who serve to protect the borders and the integrity of our country against foreign enemies, uh, both uh, foreign and domestic. And we've got <coughs> domestic enemies today that are even more vicious, I think, in, at times than the foreign. And we've got to root that out and stop it. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I've been slapped for saying McCarthy was on to something, but we'll uh, skip that. I, l let me ask you, what do you think 
what do you think the end game is? Like, what's their game having no border? I mean, they if you look at the polling data, Hispanics within a generation start to vote very American and, and have a tendency to swing very conservative as they get successful. So they're, they're in any way, shape, and form, there are people. I think there's a couple of things at play at uh, Wall Street, you know, plays a part, wanting uh, cheap labor. The globalists play a part, and they want to not have an America as we know it uh, today. They want this to just be one blend of the whole globe, and they, as the elitist, uh, want to be the ones that win, and the rest of us, you know, are their servants. Uh, and and their their game is up, right? I believe America's had enough of it. It's the reason I've stepped into this race, as I said earlier. It's um, We're not going to have a country if we don't make some very strong changes and call out and stop this leftist agenda. So do you think they're uh, knowingly or unwittingly colluding with the globalists in such a way, and the globalists, in a very Machiavellian fashion, see it as a way to tear down America? I do. I do. It's deconstruction uh, of our country. Communist China applauds all the way. This is exactly their goal. Make sure that America is not as strong as it has been in previous. Absolutely. Talk to us about crime a little bit. Uh, I know it's not necessarily the purview of Senate. Um, you know, the Senate has got lots to talk about on lots of things. Crime has a tendency to be local and pushed by the feds. What can you nudge as a U.S. senator uh, to deal with um, this George Soros-funded uh, perversion of justice that's going on around the country. You know, we were fortunate to have the endorsement of the Arizona Police Association, uh, sheriffs and police, as well as the National Association of Police Officers, over 300,000 members. And listening to them and understanding some of the things that under the guise of defund the police where they're trying to take away their qualified immunity, these officers are second and third guessing themselves when they got to make a split second decision. Is there a bad apple in each crop? Of course there is, just like in uh, when I was a platoon leader in the military, just like building a company. But it is very, very small, particularly in the ranks of the police officers. And we got to get back to supporting those officers from the national stage in the Senate all the way down to the local level. But some of this uh, stuff of having sanctuary cities, for example, which is just a throw it up in the face of we, the, the taxpayers and the police, that kind of stuff's going to stop. In my view, and in my company, we also did mandatory verify, and we we applied that rule. And when we had some bad apples, they went; they were out. And any subcontractor that flaunted the rules, I think the same thing we had applied to the sanctuary city side. And if in though the companies of mandatory verify or in the cities uh, of sanctuary uh, cities, you got to have some penalties. Listen, if you don't comply, you're gonna get a nasty letter. Second time, you're gonna pay a very nasty fine, and third time. You as either the hiring manager and CEO or you as a mayor and city council, you need to do a little jail time. This is America. And you don't get to play by different rules like sanctuary cities. That's just not the way of the future for this country. Are you communicating with any other people in the Senate? How are you going to jump in? What's your plan? You get elected day one. Um, you know, I've uh, people, you know, I've been asked to like run for office and, uh, Honestly, the only thing that interests me at any level is either a governor or an executive position of some kind. I wouldn't want anything to do with a big... To go from being a boss man to being one of 100 who mostly have their head up their ass, it would drive me absolutely <laughs> bonkers. So how are you going to step from, you know, kind of being a baller businessman who gets it done? And, uh, you know, you can't build a company with multiple thousand people in less than a decade, sell it without, you know, really being able to steer the ship and be in charge. How... how, how how are you prepared? I asked I asked people who don't have a big back background, uh, big business background, who are running for public office. I'm like, how are you going to pick your team? You've never hired and fired. What are you going to do? You've got all those skills. How are you going to go play with a bunch of children? Tell me, how you, tell me how, one big, what's your plan? One big difference, Greg, is the team taking up there. I see the Senate staffers a lot of times being the most recent Republican club graduates of the University of X, right, depending on what state. Mm-hmm. My goal is to take – as I like to say, a lot of beef, and that is like immigration. Brandon Judd named the individual out of, out of Border Patrol that knows it and knows it like the back of his hand, be up there with us, be in every committee meeting, every markup of every bill, bring people in that will say, here's the angel moms who live the crap that you're trying to push through here. Make it very graphic and make it very real to the American people. Do the same for our, we got about 20 positions, policies on our website. The goal is to bring those policy experts. If I can't find the best in the industry or and I call it industry of, of this country, shall we say, uh, to Washington, out of Arizona, they'll find it across the country. You've got to have the absolute best team there, just like you're doing business. 
And it also will be that, you know, that's this almost even uh, vote right now. 50-50, we hopefully will wind up with, you know, 52-48. Uh, but to be that blocking vote, I'm going to stand up, and it's going to be painful for a while, but we're getting, I'm going to do everything I can to help get this country back on track. So I've met with a lot of folks uh, like Ted Cruz and, you know, uh, Tuberville out of, uh, you know, Alabama, folks like that, and, and they're conservative. I just feel like a need to be a, a, a bigger voice to stand out and, and lead in some of those aspects of, guys, uh, if, if, if we can't make some big changes, then we're just shuffling the deck. We've got to fundamentally take a look at how to get this country back. I look at, I look at this at, at every level. You know, like our, our current governor, I feel like, has missed the boat. Uh, you know, he's a conservative. A lot of positions he's ha- had or voiced or written a policy paragraph on, I kind of agree with the position. But I feel like he missed the boat. When you're the chief executive of one of the 50 states, you have a big damn voice. And what's crazy is nobody's taken the polls on how many people agree with Ron DeSantis. <laughs> Nobody's asking how many people agree with Greg Abbott. They're speaking up, and they're calling the White House out. And our our governor's refusing to do that. I think at every level, I want my politicians, I want the people that represent Arizona, and I I hate to say the word baller because it's such kind of a basketball pop phrase, but I want them to go be bosses. Be a boss. I see people not being bosses. I see them being administrative wonks, and I don't see them being bosses. Like, take friggin' charge everywhere I've ever been. If you take charge, everybody just want, oh, someone's in charge, fantastic. And I just, I want my Arizona people to be a pain in the ass for everybody, taking charge and, and driving everyone nuts. And we have this bully pulpit here and it doesn't get used. You know, the governor, we don't hear him say anything. I heard for the first time in two months today on Fox News for a few minutes driving into work today. And for, for two months, I haven't heard, I heard him, you know, he should be down at the border with a bullhorn screaming at Washington, driving people crazy. And he's just kind of a corporate fadeaway guy, and it just drives me nuts. Well, that's exactly what uh, Gregor's supporters and your uh, listeners will get if they have the opportunity, and they will support Lehman for your Senate, because I intend to go there. I, I'm not giving up a year and a half of my time running in 12 years, you know, two terms, which I'll sign that limit of my life to go up there and play shuffleboard. I'm going up there to make real impact. I'm going to do whatever it takes with those staff that we'll take up there that know the issues. Uh, will drive others to the point of, you know, making sure they know that Arizona is a freedom state. We're America first out here, and we're going to be a force to be reckoned with. We're not going to, like I said, uh, we're going to do everything like the left does at times. We're trying to play hardball. We're going to play some hardball. And I don't think the Senate has seen a team like that. I don't think you've seen a senator with the guts like that or in, in no ties to corporate lobbyists or PAC dollars, things like that, coming into D.C. to get business of the people done. I think people are afraid, and I think we need to, honestly, I mean, our country needs men. We need men willing to get their teeth knocked out or willing to stand up and get punched in the face because it's going to require it. You're going to take some hits pulling off anything good for this country. And uh, I think everyone's just afraid. It's a bunch of mamby-pamby betas. And and I think we send a bunch of commoners to Washington, and uh, they go to Washington, and they're impressed by dresses and shoes and cocktails. They want to be at these parties so bad. I'm like... You know, I, I, I'm like, I, somebody was talking to me about doing a fundraiser. I'm like, I have a fundraiser in my house. It'll be a baller-ass great time. And I, I don't, it'll be better time than any political thing you had, trust me. I, I, I don't want anybody who's seduced by the tux-wearing ding-dongery of Washington. Because I think they're a bunch of silly clowns. I want Americans who uh, kind of been there, done that, not impressed with that. Uh, I'm way more comfortable in other cases, you know, getting out and getting dirty here in Arizona. Same with uh, playing a couple years ago outside linebacker with Coach Bryant. You know, it's all about business. It's all about winning for your country in this case. And, and Greg, I, I just intend to be the U.S. senator that the folks in Arizona get letters and calls from their, you know, relatives and friends around the country and say, damn, I wish my senator would stand up for America like Lehman is for Arizona and U.S. Senate. Well, if you get there, all I want to hear is about all the kind of ruckus you're creating, pushing and shoving people. I think that, you know, leadership a lot of times is about giving people space to follow, you know, because at any given time out of 100 people, if you've got a great idea, half uh, idea, half of them will kind of like, oh, that's not a bad idea. You got to give them the space to step in and not be the tip of the spear. And, uh, and, and then they'll follow. I, you know, I, I think there's a bunch of sheeple that need some leadership we need some lions to go make make you know make it make it happen 
that same vacuum that uh, DeSantis stepped into, right? Absolutely. That same kind of guy in the uh, U.S. Senate. And call it like it is. I think America will rally when they have finally someone up there who will call it like it is and get things done. And like I said, it, it will not be easy. It will not be uh, fun in a lot of cases. But if we don't, it's this this country is in some really bad shape. Uh, talk to me a little bit about, you know, as you head to Washington, uh, do you have any, you say America first, we've got, I see China as not an adversary and I don't see them as competition. Anybody has to cheat to beat me, I don't think they're competition. I think they're cheater scumbags. And we've got too many people that, I say this all the time, we have the hall monitors from high school running the country and they've kicked out all the football players and they got a football player here. Um, I think we need people that understand the grit that is required to win and the honesty. You know, the one of the things, I mean, why do people revere sports? Why do people watch sports? It's honest. It's instantaneous meritocracy, right? Um, you get to see teamwork. You get to see planning. You get to see preparation. And then you get to see instant rewards. And there's like a number. And at the end, you get someone to cheer for, right? How do you uh, go to Washington? What's your perspective on China? Because um, I see them as a straight-up, dirty, rotten, red, better better dead than red enemy. And I see them making submarines and nukes, deploying them at us. How do we stop this insane engagement that's been going on since the Clinton administration? As we say on our website and also as we've sent around the campaign trail uh, all over this beautiful state, uh, Greg, is that when I was in the military, uh, the guys in, in Soviet Union were deemed the enemy. They weren't adversary. They weren't, they weren't in our schools. They weren't in our businesses. They weren't in Wall Street. Oh, the guys they weren't inside kill. of anything, right? You're training to kill them. Exactly. So we got to recognize the fact that they want this country. You know, they've got a 100-year plan to do it. They're ahead of schedule, and they think they're going to be taking it near near term. They've got a lot of people who will not stand up to them because they're bought and paid for. book I mentioned earlier, you know, with the red-handed tells a lot of those real-life stories. And the people in Arizona respond to that. Uh, they understand that we've gone way too far in trying to appease Someone who doesn't want to be appeased. They just want to be the adversary that uh, they've they've declared them to be. We're the only ones not declaring them what we should be and getting down to business, like getting back to America first of mining in this country. We have to do it strategically, you know, as well as for the great jobs. Energy. We must be not just energy independent. We need to be energy dominant. Uh, good Lord did not give China a lot of energy. You know, they don't have much natural gas or much good coal. We've got it by in spades. We need to do that. Mix it in with some low-cost solar. We have just got what we need in this country to be bountifully blessed. And there's no reason why diesel, for example, shouldn't be more than $2 a gallon in this beautiful country. And then uh, manufacturing. Get that manufacturing back here in America because, again, strategically, but also the jobs. going to be a little painful. We've gotten used to that crap, so we're going to get off of it. It's like a little fix that we've had that we're going to have to start getting back to eating real you know, potatoes and, and understand what it takes to make sure that Everything we need strategically. It doesn't have to be flip-flops, but my God, it has to be electrical transformers and things we need for our military and for our industry to survive. You know, I've been on this pitch for quite a while now. Um, I go around, I, I see tag sales and garage sales, and I see them in my neighborhood, and I see them in other neighborhoods. Um, I'll end up at people's houses and, you know, for one reason or the other, have to walk through their garage for whatever reason. We're going to barbecues. So we're going to pull some gas tank out and bring it to the barbecue. I see people have filled their lives up with crap. It's just junk. And it, and so I have a real big mission to never buy anything that would ever end up in a garage sale. Like, I know, it's, I know, it, it keeps you from buying a lot of stuff. Yeah. And, and, I, and I talk to people, I'm like, look, you know, we don't need all of this amygdala stroking, instant gratification, ding-dongery, injection-molded plastic crap out of China. Wait and have fewer things that are spectacular that are wonderful American-made products than surrounding yourself with subpart import junk that's knockoffs of American ideas. Just as you've done uh, in, in your company here, Made in America, and the company I built, I said earlier, that was a incentivized goal of the team to maximize American content. You know, as a result, uh, Greg, our plant uptime of the energy plant was almost 2% greater than my competitors. And, uh, and over years, customers started realizing that, my gosh, the output of these plants were making us extra millions a year. Layman's team over here is always good competitive pricing, but at the same time, these plants work way better because they were American-engineered, American-manufactured in every case we could possibly do it, and American-operated and maintained. 
And all of a sudden, we're negotiating $100 million deals as opposed to bidding them out. So good things were happening. We'd started that process. You're going to see some of those ads that we'll do as testimonials versus Mark Kelly selling out America, being alive with the Communist Chinese Party, and Lehman and his company where we came in and supported a transformer company or Earth Moon, any kind of company that we could possibly find to do in business with standing up and saying, hey, we were down to about 50 staff, and now we're back to 250 because Lehman's company worked with us every way they could to make sure that we got the order. We could have made more money buying that cheap crap, but in the end, it was much, much better to do it the right way. Talk to me. Um, I think it would be fascinating. Uh, I, you know, I would love to have somebody, you know, get in power that's got experience in any of the areas that are really important. I talk to people all the time, and I'm like, you know, the average distance your food travels is somewhere around 50, 550 miles. Everything in, by, eaten by everyone in this whole country. My family is an old trucking business, and we have a trucking company back east. And people talk to me, uh, I, well, I talk to leftists all the time, and they have all sorts of theories about everything. I'm like, look, this whole country, everything, everything runs on oil. It pivots on it. The tires, your Tesla is painted with it. Your Tesla's fabric is made with it. The foam and cushions in the seats are made with it. The, the color in the paint is made with it. The sound deadening material on every square inch of it is made with it. And then the energy in the battery, the nickel chromium battery, that's scraped out of the earth in China because we won't let Americans pull it out of the ground. It's imported. That polluting is still happening to the world. We're just not in our backyard. And and then the powers here, they drive a nuclear car. It's it's from Palo Verde. So what do you see the future like for energy? Um, I mean, I see the way I look at it, if we were to take care of the regulatory component, the downward pressure on our ability to adapt and innovate in the country, there's, there's more energy than we could possibly ever use it everywhere. Is, it is amazing how in just a few short years we became energy uh, independent. And uh, today, you know, at the peak, 82 million barrels a day. We're down in the mid-70s, and Biden working hard to push it down, uh, get off the the throats of American production, and we'll have it up into the 90s You know, really, really soon. And in terms of, um, you, know, you say everything's kind of made from it, you know, get back to allowing that to happen. Get back to American mining. And, and, and I will take it to the environmentalist every day in D.C. from the fact of if you're concerned about the planet, it's all one atmosphere, then it's two to three times dirtier in China or India where it might be processed and manufactured. Guys, right. bring it back here. We get the jobs to go with it. And it's not, it's always that much more expensive. Guys, on balance, it's not, right? Because we're strategically going to have a country when uh, China, as you've all seen, uh, we've all seen in the, the Wuhan experience, how they used everything as a leverage. And they were just giving a taste of it then. They'll do much more when they have this big blue navy yep. that they're out there pushing very oh, hard yeah. to build. So. Well, I just, uh, I, I just feel like the number one problem in this country is regulatory. And, uh, you know, the EPA is evil. Um, people say, oh, my God, they're protecting America. No, they're not. I had a guy, a false claim from a pissed-off employee. He had his 30-day review. He'd been watching porn on the job and done some inappropriate stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I, I wouldn't even terminate. And the guy, I sent him out and said, hey, listen, corrective action, behavior's off. we got to fix this stuff up. You're kind of being written up for it. We'll talk again in 30 days. We sit down, and the day he, he knew he was going to get, uh, he knew he was going to get talking to. So the day before I get this email that we're polluting the vir- environment with hexavalent chrome, which we, we're not making hexavalent chrome here. Not, we're not working with Inconel at 2,200 degrees. You know, we're not making nuclear cooling tubes. That's the Aaron Brockovich case, right? So the guy accuses us, and I'm like, uh, okay, we'll look at I'm going to call Test America. We'll have them out. They'll test the industrial waste from our company. They'll test the grounds around here. We'll, we'll, we're addressing your concern, and we'll show you the results as soon as they come in. Not good enough. I was served within an hour by the National Labor Review Board, and they sued me. And it had nothing to do with hexavalent chrome. It was that uh, he had been unfairly persecuted in the workplace. <laughs> we see it uh, in, in power plants. You know, you got a permit through those. It uh, takes years. And the process uh, is all based on the laws passed by Congress. We, the people, <clears throat> said we want clean air and clean water. Right? We don't need endless interpretation. You will not get financing for a project in this country if you don't comply with the law. You don't need EPA, BLM, Forest uh, Service endlessly reviewing. Greg, in 30-plus uh, years in the power industry, never once have I sat with government officials on the other side of the table from EPA or any of those agencies 
that they knew more than the people sitting on my side of the table right. who grew up in that industry. Right. And they were all Americans. They all wanted to do the right thing. They weren't looking to pollute. We know how to do it responsibly. This whole rogue uh, initiative by the left to slow down the progress of America is just like we went back and tied it into the open borders. This is a matter of trying to slow down innovation, the livelihoods of the great American middle class. We're trying to crush capitalism. And particularly the middle class because those are the upper elite who kind of got theirs. We in the middle class, we are saying no. You know, we're standing up to this stuff and calling for it. I intend to be that person that understands it. I've been doing it 35 years and help other colleagues understand for what it is. It does not do any good in this country not to be mining manganese and more copper. You want to go to more electric vehicles? Okay, fine. Nickel. If that's what the consumer wants. We need, wants, nickel. We need nickel another place to go in. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All of those minerals, we've got to find them here. We've got to mine them here. We've got to process them here. The cleanest smelter on the planet down in Miami, Arizona. Beautiful. We send uh, 30% of our copper to Indonesia and back. You know darn well it's not that clean over there as it is here. Right. Build another Miami here in America, and let's get on with business. Yeah, you know, you just can't get permitting for anything. If you take a look at the shenanigans of the Keystone Pipeline over the last 20 years, it's unconscionable what's happened. There, Some enterprise has put up all of this R&D money and all of this work and all of this effort and all of the ad, I mean, to put a pipeline in <laughs> and all the easements and all the legal, you know, millions and millions and millions of dollars. Then they get their permit, and then the next administration takes it away. That, to me, is the most un-American Marxist, big government craziness I've ever seen. It'd be like, I try to make it relatable to my friends. I'm like, look, what if they came down and took away your license for your restaurant? You'd up and right. run it for seven years. Get your whole family tied up in it. And they say, oh, we don't want an Italian restaurant here. Oh, and by the way, the Canadians were shipping down the XL pipeline down to Houston, refined it in some of the cleanest refineries, on the, or the cleanest on the planet, in the Gulf Coast. What do they do it now? Take it by rail, send it to Vancouver. It goes to China. Gets refined there. Do you think that's clean? Of course not. No. So the hypocrisy is all over the place. And again, uh, you need a U.S. senator that will call it like it is, stand up, be unabashed about bringing the American people's knowledge to that uh, particular component, and then let's fight like hell to get America back. You know, we've got so much writing on energy, like the security of the world, pressing our way of life uh, that we have to win. We can't not win this. And and it's the war of ideologies, right? It's the war of freedom and self-determinism that was the cornerstone of our country. And we've got people there who are not experts, most of them, in anything. And it's super frustrating. Um, I'd be tickled to have somebody uh, from Arizona who's from the energy industry nudging the needle. Because um, Rand Paul, he gets way more gravitas than he should because he's a doctor. Talking about medical stuff, he gets way more airtime and because he's got this subject matter expertise that everyone nods to that he's a physician i want somebody there from arizona talking about energy i think it would be great and also supply chain logistics mm -hmm. right uh, sure billion dollar company uh four billion backlog when we sold the company last year that's a lot of logistics uh to movement of men and material and uh metal if you look at at a bloomberg uh, interview uh supposed to be for 15 minutes went for 45 a couple of weeks ago and the guy's like damn you really get this stuff I said, well, look at uh, the other side of who doesn't get it. Uh, zero business experience in Biden. Never had a real job outside of, you know, doing whatever the hell he does in D.C. Right. Um, same with the VP uh, that he's got up there. Right. Then you go to Buttigieg, who's the head of our transportation system in this country. And the guy's been a mayor of a small town, you know, Midwestern. Uh, no business experience in that uh, whatsoever. Granholm, the lady who's supposed to run energy, never turned a valve in her life, right? So right. you got to get people back there to understand about this is a country of business, like France would be wine and cheese. I don't mean to, that's not derogatory, but yeah. by God, you got experts. We, we're the country of business for the American taxpayer, the American citizen, the middle class who's getting screwed and has been, been screwed for a long time. And I intend to stand up for them and be a very big force to be reckoned with. Well, I think we kind of hit off most of my, oh, you know, I have an interesting topic <laughs> I want to ask you about. Um, I think it's one of the spookiest things on the horizon. Um, I've read investment reports on the birth rate in the United States and countries around the world. I'm sure you've seen the same one. Goldman Sachs puts them out. These like big, big picture topics. You know, they do their 50-year, 100-year assessments. The 100-year assessment on the human population is spooky and collapsing feeling. 
um, when you look at how old we live and how few children we have. And as every culture gets a little more money and a little more middle class, it has fewer and fewer children. Do you have any thoughts about that? Does that cross your radar? Are you more concerned with the big fish of uh, energy border China right now? I'm, I'm concerned of it in, in the case of the United States, right? And, and we look at that, of how we're burdening the middle class, all these people that are out there working their tails off every day to try to make a payroll uh, in small business uh, like you and I have done or to balance a budget at home. And so, my gosh, how are we going to fit a, a kid into this? How are we going to fit a second kid into this? When you look at the school system that's failed them from all the – you know, Department of Indoctrination and the teachers unions, yeah. you know, that kind of crap. So they're like, they're, they're like, feel like the system's rigged against them. Yeah. And I believe if we get that off of them and, by the way, stop this endless spending that we're doing in D.C., you know, four trillions, enough, by God. Two, two, tri- two trillions, probably enough. Probably, right. <laughs> and we had it balanced at one point at two, escalated four to yeah. three, we're sending four. Get that so that this endless debt and borrowing, which is now coming to roost, all this interest rate that's going up like you know crazy right now because of that. And that's over all administrations, right? They've been not doing well by the American uh, people. If we get some of that, all of that stopped and get it back to where the American dream can get real for people that can actually see it, taste it, feel it, and not have the system rigged against them in the middle class, I think in America we're going to show the world that leadership that we had in Get back to making babies again. Cool. I uh, I talk to people about having kids because it's been the profound experience of my life. And uh, I think it is for most people who are self-aware. Same, yep. And uh, we're frustrated because of the monopoly that public schools kind of have in this country. And they get so much of our money automatically. No choice. I think the mobility of our money connected with our kids and school choice that we're really a leader of here in Arizona, I think uh, is something that I would love to see when you go to Washington. You know, the country's gone if we start teaching kids after they graduate from university that Marxism Marxism is bad. Mm. You know, they're getting 12 years of primary education of gentle and now radical indoctrination and then they get four years where they spend all this money and they get away from you. You make these wonderful kids. You know, I got this wonderful daughter. She's pretty conservative, very thoughtful, argues the point really well. I, she gets around liberals and, and, and they start getting to her. And she's, hey, dad, I need to talk about this. We start talking, about, hey, no, I was wrongheaded. I, I don't want to send my kid off and spend a couple hundred grand in college or a hundred grand and have her come back a Marxist. How do we reel that in? Because that's really, you know, the EPA and the Keystone Pipeline and energy and all of those things, those are all debates we can have and win on the weight of our ideas unless every generation is indoctrinated for 12 to 16 years before we start talking to them. How do, how do we get that back? Well, you know, the Department of, uh, it used to be education, that's indoctrination. We send the tax dollars there. Mm-hmm. They put all these strings and all of this BS around it relative to the wokeism and Marxism and then send it back. If you want to get the money, you do what we say you do. Just stop. It's like in business. When you have a department that's not working well, you try to fix it, which has been done, and that doesn't work. Get rid of the leadership. Get rid of it altogether. Merge right. it into somewhere else. In the case of Arizona, get it back into the in all states. Get it back to the states where it was originally. I grew up product of the public education system. There's absolutely no need for that department. Get rid of it. Close it. Let the states get back to 50 beautiful experiments. And by the way, Greg, same in the Latino community. I'm down in Nogales and Yuma and Tucson a lot. And I see it. I hear it. We're on radio stations down there in Spanish, in English, because they're saying they want an alternative. They don't want the crap that, you know, is coming out of the teachers' unions and the Department of Education now. They want, know, a, they want a chance to succeed, too. You know, we've, we've got um, not just Republicans. We've got conservative Americans. You know, I love this country so much. It's a unique nationality it's the only nationality you can be of spirit and claim and it's the real thing you can become an american i don't think you can become a greek you can't become a frenchman but you can become an american and it's when you hear like this infection of freedom in their voice and elevation of station and their children doing better you go oh kind of you sound like an american you know like when you when you're when i'm traveling abroad and i run into somebody like her well, you don't talk like a German. Look at you. You sound like an American. And they go, oh, I love America. Um, they're coming up here, and I think sometimes we lose sight of this. And the Democrats are making a gross miscalculation about the Hispanic vote and the South American vote. 
when they come here, they're wanting a better life and our public school ain't it. <laughs> and, and our public programs, they're not it. All they are is another public kind of shitty program. I mean, look at public funded housing in LA, Chicago, New York, New Jersey, uh, St. Louis. It's shitty. They left shitty. But, They're looking for a better life. Venezuela, Cuba, right? Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Kind right. of synonymous. Right. But absolutely, it's uh, it's all about getting back to, you know, every kid should have that opportunity to live the American dream, and their parents should have the opportunity to have more kids because they can afford to do that in this country and expect that those few people who should be in government should be able to provide them those quality items that they pay for them to be there. This whole thing about the federal government ever increasingly larger and larger each year is where we've gotten off track a lot. Yeah, Let's yeah. get it back to the bare essentials. And I've named the three on the website of the campaign is, number one, the security of the country, militarily, border, law enforcement, ICE. Number two, if you physically, mentally can't work, and truly can't, I'm not talking about doctors, excuse, and abuse, but you truly can as a Christian nation, we take care of you. Number three, Social Security, Medicare. You put money into it, you expect it to be there. That's you buy guys that needs to be there. You know, all the other stuff that the American taxpayers are funding and borrowing billions and trillions for, all of that's got to be gone through and said, no, no more. No more. That's just, yeah. we can't afford it. And if it's absolutely critical to America and American way of life, America first, sure. But all this other crap that just is there for bureaucrats, endless jobs, the unions that are taking over in the uh, in the government to be able to say no, no, you got to work just like the taxpayer did to to secure that precious you know tax dollar. Treat every dollar like it took you know to make it. Then we're gonna get back to some fundamental things that are for the American people, not against the American people. Um, if you uh, if you had your druthers, would you support uh, defunding the Department of Education? I'm gonna close it. I'll do my damnedest to close it. Right? Okay, it's on top of the list after <laughs> securing the border. America first policies of, you know, mining and manufacturing and, and energy. Right. Third is in a big grouping of stuff we have on the website is, you know, getting the federal government out of our face, get out of our lives, you know, let us live a free American and Department of Education is right at the top of that list. Yeah, it? for sure. Um, what, what did your mom and dad do? My dad uh, went to work three jobs and got his uh, degree at night in uh, civil engineer, engineering the highway uh, department. My mom worked uh, part-time at the power company as a, an accountant. And, of course, uh, we spent evenings shelling butter beans or peas from the farm in order to put it away in the freezer and have it for the winter. You know, it was kind of self-contained. Bought yeah. a few things at the store, but not a lot, but just great parents. Was and, that in Alabama or where was that? That was Alabama, yeah. Been here in Arizona 13 beautiful years. They yeah, grew up there and then fortunate through the military to go see the world and then uh, in business uh, as well. And you said you were in the, uh, were you in the Army? You said paratrooper. Army, yeah, Army officer, uh, paratrooper, engineer, uh, yeah. civil engineering degree, engineer, uh, uh, airborne school, and then uh, Germany, front lines during the Cold War. Great. I thought everybody was free, you know, but that, that all countries had freedom when I went uh, into the military. And, of course, maybe a little naive, I go to Germany in the Cold War, and I look across the, uh, the, the border there, and you could see hundreds of muzzles inside of a, a mile, right? Oh, yeah. Keeping their people oh, in yeah. their country. Oh, yeah. And now we're going to think we're going to try to adopt that crap over here as a no way, no how. Yeah, interesting. All right. Well, um, listen, that about covers it. I really appreciate you coming in. I know you got a busy schedule. Um, we've got how many months until the uh, primary? When's the primary happen? Let's put it this way. Uh, we got uh, just a little over 70 days before the ballots go out for early voting, and then uh, August the 2nd, they got to be in. All right. So we're up in the polls. We're looking great. Uh, we've got volunteers, Greg. We opened eight offices, by the way. Uh, no one else has opened more than one because I want to be in all parts of this beautiful state from north, south, east to west. And the volunteers that have come forward that are helping us, you know, knocking on doors, making phone calls, brother, it's just a testament to people want their state and their country back. Um, you're going to... Uh... Go up against the prime in the primary. I mean, it looks like you got a good leg up at the primary, and then you're going to be up against Mark Kelly. Um, obviously, midterm election. Have you been? Uh, have you encountered? Uh, let's call it conservative malaise because they feel like the election was stolen and they don't want to go out. Are you encountering that at all, or are you uh, feeling like people are like, "Hey, let's move forward," and we got to? What are you? What are you sensing? I felt the malaise uh, last year. Uh, we've turned that corner. Uh, coming in the first year, you just got to feel the ramp. And we're now seeing about 150% of the size of audiences that we have two years ago in a presidential election year. 
That's the amount of enthusiasm we have out there. Our legislators here in Arizona have done a pretty good job of addressing. There's about 14 law or laws we need to tighten up that we found in the audit. Six of those on the books now, working toward the other eight. I've been a big proponent when I sold a company, put a little money aside to help Arizona state and uh, legislators, the House and Senate, that we need America first guys and ladies in there. So we get more than one or two seat majority. So these, you know, squishes can't control it. We can absolutely do the right thing, make Arizona that leader in the country of getting back to freedom. Yeah, I think tightening up the election is one of the most important things uh, at the state level. And when I talk to state legislators and candidates in here, I'm like, hey, man, there's nothing more important because what's going to keep people believing in the system if they don't believe their vote matters? Truly want to keep elections local. One thing that uh, I can do at the federal level is one citizen gets one vote, and that's a citizen that gets one vote. Goal of having the product known at midnight like they do in Florida, and we all understand what that is. So the next morning we wake up, we know one, and it was legitimate. You going to uh, do you have any packages of things put together? Like you know, you guys are going to be in a unique position. Let's say you get elected, and I hope you do. Um, you're going to be in there <clears throat> with a probably a majority in the Senate by one or two, one or two votes maybe. Uh, probably a bigger majority in the House. I think it's going to be much bigger than that. Of course, the numbers are bigger. It's a bigger body, right? And then you got uh, two ding dongs in the White House that aren't going to endorse anything. What do you do for the next two years? So the next two years of veto power, the next two years of White House crushing of everything that is done in the House and Senate isn't a sales pitch for a Democrat president, you know, because that's right. That's what we got from the midterm on. We got two years to say, hey, we can do something. We can't just say, uh, you know, we were disingenuous the last couple years of the Obama administration. We put up 23 bills to repeal Obamacare. And then when we had the majority, couldn't put one up. But because that was a that was a lying, disingenuous Congress. One of the things is securing that southern border right off in front and foremost because it's spreading all across America. The crime and and all the buses that people are just seeing. Can you force drop. it from the Senate? I can because I, if you I, look at that evenly vote uh, that's going on there, is stop the business of the Senate until we get that southern border closed. There's things that Biden wants no until we get that southern border closed. We have got to say no and learn to live by it and love it because America, I think a lot of cases, they don't want more crazy. Like it wasn't this bad ever. Right. And it just keeps getting worse every day. We see inflation, et cetera. It's like, don't do more bad. Let's start turning the clock back and doing some good. You know, one of the things I've always loved about Arizona is uh, people could come here and buy a house for a really reasonable price and they could plug in and start their way up the escalator of the American dream. And uh, now it's gotten, it's crazy right now. We have an asymmetrical price here that a lot of my guys that work in my company, they can't afford to even buy in. And it's super frustrating for me. It's one of the reasons I'm here is that it's been a great place for young people to kind of buy in. The buy-in's big now. Well, like I said, energy touches everything. Yeah. It's obviously deep in the housing industry. Lumber, you know, which, uh, you know, we've got these beautiful forests in Arizona. We must manage them properly, not from D.C. We're going to do it from here. And, yeah, there's lumber to be made there and managing our beautiful Forest and interest rates because of the crazy that's been going on with the borrowing and the insanity that's taken over. Get that stopped so we can stop these interest rates from going to the moon because that's the real long-term killer for yeah, American absolutely. home ownership. Absolutely. Well, great having you here. Wish you the best of luck. Thanks for coming in. I hope uh, after the primary and you're in the in the final run, I hope we get a chance to maybe talk to you maybe before. I know it's going to be a bit of a it's going to be a bit of a rat race down Love. to the finish line. Love to, Greg, and thanks uh, for making this great uh, company you got out here, Made in America. Thanks. God Appreciate you being here. Thanks Thank you for your support. All right, sports fans, that's the show for the day. I, you've heard me talk about it. The Great American Project is this idea that we are all endowed with these inalienable human rights and uh, life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, and all of us collectively as a group give up a little tiny bit of them to give to our ruling uh, class so that we can function as a country. It's enumerated in the Constitution. And part of that is that nobody would sign and ratify the Constitution until the Bill of Rights was established. And the Bill of Rights, the first thing is assembly and free press. And the founding generation knew it was the cornerstone of getting better, and it was the cornerstone of leadership. And that's transparency and speaking truth to power. And our press has abdicated the job. And as the press has abdicated the job, we have an asymmetry of the argument. We're not even having the argument anymore. 
Our country is being propagandized into a worldview that we have seen not function everywhere it's tried. And um, I, I, I volunteered when I was young and I served when I was young and now I'm middle-aged and fat and nobody wants me to go kick down a door and shoot a bad guy. And I, I would do it and then my sciatica would kick up and my knee would hurt and some kid would have to carry me off. But one of the things I can do is I can pick up my proverbial Minuteman rifle and be the militia of truth. And so these little forums like this and those of us who are doing podcasts in, in an authentic and meaningful way, it is about finding a way to speak truth and let people see the truth be out there in this long format where I don't have a 30-second soundbite and I don't have to talk about uh, abortion or I don't have to talk about the economy or energy in 12 seconds. And you get to do a deep dive and see how people think. I hope you spend a little time to hear how the people who are going to be at the seat of power in this country, and we've had them all come through here in the last year and a half, to, to get a chance to see how they think and what's making them tick. I think we see a bunch of wonderful Americans all wanting to do the very best. And I, I, I think you'll start to see a level of thought from folks who've got business and success in their backgrounds that is differentiating from everybody else. So I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you being part of this project. And it's the only thing I can do so that I can sleep at night is to, you know, you watch any news, they're not telling the truth. You watch any news, they're not telling you enough. You watch any news, there's an agenda. And I kind of have no agenda. We just get a chance to peel back the layers of uh, packaging and the layers of glitz and and sit down and have an authentic conversation and get a feel for the human beings that are running for our halls of leadership. So thanks for joining us. We'll continue to do this mission as long as you guys are here. Greg Medford from The Greg Medford Show. We're out.